everybody. It's Pastor Jen here at the International Christian Fellowship Rome. I want to thank you for joining the online service today. As we finish summer and we move into this new season of fall and maybe new work uh, responsibilities and children's ministry and um, young adult ministry here at ICF Rome and online, I want you to know I'm praying for you. This service that you're joining today is truly a moment for you to get refilled with the power of God for the next week. So I have prayed that as you enter into worship, as you enter into listening to the word of God, that you will say to the Lord, what do I need for this week that God will make me stronger, that will make my faith the living proof to those around me. So I welcome you today and I pray that God gives you a wonderful word of encouragement as you join the service. Thank you. You are awesome. Everybody say awesome. I mean, God is awesome. You're awesome. I'm awesome. Can you? I want you to point to yourself and say, I'm awesome. You need to know that God made you. He chose you. You are protected by him. We are the living proof that God makes awesome things. Amen? So I want you to be strongly aware and confident that you're awesome. Joel, you're awesome in kids' ministry. We thank you for that. Media tech team, online team, you're awesome. Those of you that are joining us online, can everybody clap really loud for the online group? I want you to know God is so faithful. I want to thank those who are online and giving online. Um, I just, sometimes I just feel blown away by the goodness of God in the way that people join together with us even though they're far away, across the seas even. So I want to say welcome again to our online family. I say welcome to the on-campus people. If this is your first time here, let's clap for everybody in the room. Those of you that, uh, oh, you can do better than that. Come on. Yes. I believe in doing things of, you know, 110%. And uh, I'm thankful to God for the times we have together. Amen? I'm thankful to God that you chose to come here today because I believe God wants to remind you. He, he looked at you, when he, you before you were in your mother's womb. He said, I'm going to make something really awesome. And then he made you. And he brought you here for this moment. And I believe it with everything within me. I had the privilege of speaking for those of you that maybe haven't been here. You've been gone a little bit. I was traveling in August. Then in September, I had the privilege of speaking at a conference in Albania at an international church there in Albania. And here's something I want you to know. They're first-generation believers. It means they're the first one in their family to ever acknowledge Jesus is Lord. The first one ever. In the whole country, I mean, 90% of the women in the conference on the first night responded that they're the first one. Many of their family rejected them because they accepted the love of Jesus Christ. But here's what I saw. There was not sorrow. There was not remorse. There was not regret. These people, men and women, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, rushed 
to the altar for prayer. They said, I want more of what Jesus has started in my life. Do you want more? Will you say yes to God today? I want more. Listen, you come on a Sunday. I know you're like, Pastor Jen, wow, slow down. I can't because I want you to know what the Lord is saying to me. Last Sunday, I had the privilege of speaking at a wonderfully large and amazing mission church in California. It was amazing. But they're going through some things at that church. People could have come in to the services that weekend. Hear me. They're going through some stuff. They could have come in and said, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to see what God's going to do. They didn't come like that. They came like this. They came sitting and leaning in. They came hungry. And when I said, would you align yourself with God? I, almost 100% stood up. 100% of probably 750 people. Not one person except for maybe a couple older people that maybe couldn't stand physically did not, they all stood up and they came hours. I stood there praying for them. And I said, Lord, this is what the hunger for more of Jesus looks like. This is what saying yes to God looks like. Now, I love our church. I love our worship team. I love our sound and production team. I love our children's ministry team. And yes, I believe that we are supposed to raise up leaders. Not leaders to say, I lead a ministry. I need people in this city, in your jobs, who say when they walk in a room, I can lead for Jesus in this meeting. Even if I lead by listening. Even if I lead by attending. I can lead for Jesus. So this weekend, on Friday and Saturday, we have a phenomenal church from Calvary, Orlando, Florida, coming to be with us. They arrive on Tuesday, and they're going to be, we're going to repaint the sanctuary, so get ready. It's going to look different. It's going to be improved because we have to take care of God's house. Amen? I didn't ask Alfred what to say during the offering, but I'm telling you, God is doing something in our midst for the tabernacle. I've met with the building owner. I've met with people that are helping us. And I tell you, we're on the brink of putting that permanent footprint down in this city. I will bring you more information as I get it, as I work with the Assemblies of God that I work with. But here's what I want you to know. I have prayed and said, Lord, we're building this tabernacle, not just this building or a building or ministries for myself. It isn't for me. It's for the next generation of believers. It's for somebody else who's going to be the first generation person in their family to come to Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. And so I want you to be at this leadership retreat. So much so because I don't want you to walk insecure for another minute in your life. I want you to know if you're a student, you can be a student leader. If you're a worker, you can be a worker leader. If you're a leader, you can be a leader leader. We all need leadership qualities because what's the opposite of a leader? A follower. Someone who goes with the crowd, who does what the world says. Hear me. I need, I need us as believers to say, I'm not following what the world says. I'm not following the status quo. I'm not just trying to just barely get by in my little comfort zone. 
Now, that might be speaking to you, but I'm telling you what God is speaking to me. We can get in a comfort zone even if we love Jesus. And God is saying, I'm pushing you a little bit farther. I'm pushing you a little bit more. You're not done. I have you here for a reason. I want you to do something. I want you to know that I love you, and I want you to tell somebody else that I love them. And so today, as we go to the Lord in the Word of God, I want you to keep in mind that for this next weekend, Friday, Saturday, we'll have food, we'll have prizes. We have a lot registered, but I've got two brand new phones. Somebody say amen. Amen. I've got two brand new sets of EarPod, iPod, whatever they're called, I don't know, uh, that you get to use for your technology. Those are new. I've got prizes. I love to give gifts, but you must be registered to be in the drawing for the phones and the prizes, okay? You must be registered. So if you have problem with computer, register at the back. Someone will help you. If you um, can come only one night, register for that one night. You can't win twice, but you, if you don't win Friday, you might win Saturday. Bring a friend. Maybe there's a friend who's been feeling uncertain in their university campus. Bring them. Let them have the interaction and walk away knowing I have leadership skills in me that God is going to use in a way that I never expected. Amen? So I want you to be there. It's going to be amazing. And this month, um, as we go into October, we'll be talking more about that. But then that next week, we will have the Ministry Expo where you can actually put your leadership skills to practice. Okay? There's a reason why we do things the way we do, because we want to be solid in our faith. We want to understand what God's word says to us. I had the privilege of being in that prayer room, not just at 945, and you're welcome at 945 for pre-service prayer, but also from 9 to 935-ish, they are praying in that prayer room. You need to be in there. It's powerful. It is setting the atmosphere and rebuking the devourer from each of us. It's in my heart today. I've asked Bose to come in a minute and share also with me. We're going to do a little tag team. It's a, not little, it's a strong sermon that the Lord has given to him as well. Because I believe in raising up the next generation. It isn't just about me. Say, it's not about me. Say it again, it's not about me. It's not about me. You know, when you realize, listen, When you realize when something is happening and you feel personally attacked, I want to tell you something. If you're God's kid and you feel personally attacked at work, at school, whatever, it's not about you. They're not, you may, they may say your name, they may say something, but that spiritual, emotional attack is the enemy trying to block your destiny and your next breakthrough. I believe that is a word from the Lord. It's attached to the breakthrough for your destiny. It's not about you. It's about the next thing that God wants to do. And here's what I know. When I realize that I do my life for the Lord, I live for him, I die for him, I work for him, I play with him, I talk with him, I pray with him. Somebody say amen. Amen. It is for Jesus. And when that happens... I will be chosen and protected. Chosen and protected. So, Father, this morning, as we enter into your word, 
and we prepare ourselves for a moment of decision around these altars at the end. God, I know that each of us have struggles. We have difficulties. We have questions for you. But God, when we come to you with our heart open and our mind ready to receive, you give us the answer. It says Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. So Lord, today, I pray that your word would bring our yes to a new dimension with Jesus Christ in your precious name. Amen and amen. Well, for those that are new, every year we have a theme. This year our theme is living proof. He's the living proof. He's not on that cross anymore. He's not, you can't find Jesus buried in a, in a mosque or a museum somewhere. He's, he's risen. The Bible says he's at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for you and me. And I'm going to talk about that later. It also says that I'm the living proof, that I get to be the one. Our verse says to always let his word become like poetry, written and fulfilled by my life. I want his word to be like poetry, written and fulfilled through my life. Last week, Pastor Chris preached and he talked about right place, right person, right time. You see, when you say to God, oh, I'm not the right person, you're kind of saying to God, I know better than you do. Think about it. God says, you say, Lord, I want you to use me. And then he says, okay, go serve in the kids' ministry. Go see Moonbee and serve in the hosting team. And you say, no, Lord, I didn't mean that one. You, you got me wrong on that one. Because the Lord says, I want you to follow me. Follow me and say yes to me. And so we thank God that we are the right person. It is the right place. We live here. Isn't that awesome? Somebody say awesome. Listen, I want you to know Italy is awesome. I love the Italy food. I love the Italy people. I love walking in Italy. I uh, am working on loving the road and the traffic and all of that. It's not like my favorite thing, but uh, I'm trying to like honk nicely and wave like I'm here. Please, there's not five lanes. There's two, but could you just move your car over a little bit? Uh, but it is the right place. It's home. And when I'm gone, I miss it. And when I'm here, I love it and I'm home. I will tell you that even last night, my youngest daughter, Erica, Titan's mom, she called me and she was just cheerleading me on. And she said, mom, you're home. That's exactly where you need to be. You're not supposed to be here. Because I said, I miss Titan and football. And she said, I know you're seeing the video, but you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Isn't it awesome when your family knows you're supposed to be somewhere too? And uh, so I want you to know it's the right place and it is the right time you know it would be easy to say oh god i'm too old i'm too young i'm i'm too new i'm too i'm too stuck in my ways but it's the right time and god is saying I'm, i called you i'm calling you out of that comfort zone and i want to use you mightily so this morning i want to give you this point his love from heaven flows to us so his love can flow through us to others. See, God's love is not just for me to keep to myself. Faith is not private. I'm going to say that again. Faith is not private. Type it in the chat if you're watching online. Faith is not private. Faith is something that affects every decision I make. It's something that I carry with me when I walk into any room. 
And my faith does not have to be private. And so I need to know that he gives me his love to flow to me so that it can flow through me. Amen? He wants his love to flow through you. 1 Peter 2.9 says this. You are not like that, like the world. You are a chosen people. You are royal priest. If that's not a leader, I don't know what is. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful, marvelous light. See, when I'm talking, these are not my words. These are the words of a holy father to us through scripture. John 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me, Jesus talking. You didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. You see, I won't ask God for things that are not in alignment with his will when I follow him. Hear me, when I follow him, when I let him lead me, I won't ask him for things that are over here when he's saying, I told you to be over there. I won't ask him for things in this thing when he says, first, I want you to do this thing. Hear me, his love flows from me so that I can flow his love wherever he has called me. So he says, I didn't I, you didn't choose me. Put that verse back up, please. John 15, 16. I chose you. I appointed you. I want you to put your name in there. Jesse didn't choose me. I chose Jesse. I appointed Natalie to go and produce lasting fruit. Put your name in there. So that the Father will give, say your name. Come on, say your name. So that the Father will give. Whatever you ask for using his name, amen, using his name. Isn't that amazing? So here's what I want you to know before Bose comes. Saying yes takes a listening ear. You know, if you're not ready to listen, God doesn't force himself on anybody. We have to have a listening ear. Sometimes the world is a little bit crazy our schedules are a little bit crazy. I've told you about my prayer chair. I love to do prayer walks. I love to do prayer days and prayer weeks. Um, I have to have a listening ear. And I will tell you that no matter how busy or multitasking my circumstances are, when I set aside a minute, five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, and I say, God, I'm doing this as I need you to speak to me. I have a listening ear. He always comes through, always. The second thing is you need to have an expectant heart. See, when things happen that disappoint us, we start to say, it's not for me. God, God has blessings for others, but not for me. But when you come to God with an expectant heart, knowing what the scripture says, that I appointed you and I've set my seal of ownership on you, then you come to God, not demanding, 
but expecting that his love is for you, that his purposes are for your good, that the problems that you're walking through, he's going to be right there with you walking through them. I come with an expectant heart that my father will always honor his word. And this morning, if you have come and you have said, I don't expect anything, I ask you to say to Jesus today, forgive me. I mean it. Forgive me that I came not expecting. God, I want to come. I expect you to move. I expect you to speak. I expect him to challenge me. And I expect him to love me when I argue and say, not really, not right now. Are you sure? I'm not sure about this. And I expect him to say, I'm Abba. I'm Father, I've got your best interests, I'm going to surround you with everything you need, and then I wake up and hear all these testimonies, and I'm like, oh God, you are so amazing. And the third thing is that you must have a courageous response to his call. No matter what it is, many of you are here because you gave God a courageous response to come to Rome, Italy from another country. From another assignment. Bose is going to come and share what the Lord has laid on his heart. And I ask you, will you have a listening ear? Will you have an expectant heart that something that this young man, this young preacher says to you from the heart of God. Have an expectant heart that it won't be Bose you hear. That it will be the word of the Lord. Will you have a courageous response as we conclude together in just a few minutes? Thank you, and uh, we praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So don't be shy to say hallelujah, praise God, because this is a place to rejoice, not to be shy, okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So before I go to the, I have two points to say, witness and keep saying yes. Before that, I, I thank you, Pastor Jen and leaders and my friends. And without you, I will not be here. Uh, and thank you for the opportunity to give the good news. Everyone say good news. Good news. So, are you excited for good news? Yes, yes I am too. So, I will, I will talk about the witness. So, I had a privilege to be with Pastor Jennifer in this, Pastor Jennifer and her family on, on August to do ministry with her. So I had a chance to meet one pastor from Dayton, Ohio. His name is Dan Brown. He's from Bethel's Christian Assembly of God, but he is 73 years old. That's inspired me. How come you have that passion not considering your age, not considering your ability or stamina or not tiring, and you are still... Focusing on God and God, what God has given him the vision. But he, but he, they, have, they went to with, they went six months back. They went with hard uh, difficulties in their church. The in the church they had a flood because in interior they have a pipe system that broke down and that whole walls and church got wet. And suddenly, the church and the pastor was praying, and God said to him, and now it's time to move, it's time to change, it's time to build a new church. 
and he uh, he was asking god like is is this possible in this age how come i do it where the resources comes from where the support comes from i know lord you give you are the god who provides everything time money people and talents and a knowledge and wisdom to go forward but he was having a discussion and god said now it's time to move and he came to the church and he said now we before anything he make decision he has a think like to call the leaders and talk and go forward but i was so i was so inspired by his his ministry because in this 73 years old he is still believing in god and vision that god has given to him in his life and and when when he obey god and when you obey god god will provide you to go forward but i would i would say what i learned is no don't ever underestimate you are too young to for god's calling or too old for god's calling as in 28 29 years old i i'm i may have a lot of situations that i am lazy i'm honest with you this world is crazy sometimes i'm i'm lazy or else i'm tired i was like i, I don't want i want to sleep more i want to sleep two hours more it's good i'm not fighting against sleep it's good to sleep it's good to work out but so that 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 inspired me and changed my motive how can i do more to god how can i develop myself how do, how can i dream big how can i ask god sit with god and ask about the visions that you are provi- providing me because god has chosen everyone god has god has plans in each and everyone's life but how it comes true if you sit with god and ask god what god has plans in your life and the visions god has planned in your life so i so when i was seeing this testimony and the inspiring moment and i was talking to god and i was god was reminding two scriptures ephesians 3:20 now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us so this is the promise i was seeing the 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 calling and vision what they're going through and god reminded me like when you when you say yes to god yes. he will you never think how the things will come but i have three points to say when god gives vision to build new church to god gave a vision to him but god provides that the vision i i repeat again god provides for the vision and god use right people to support your vision and god will use you for his kingdom i am not talking only about the pastors and the ministry who dedicate whose life i am talking about in any category you are in you are ambassador you are you are a worker you are a professional or for a football or any any category you are in but when you have when god gives you a vision god will provide provide for the vision so in your life you have said yes to god but 
how it's not going well. But I, I, would, I would say, like, remember when you said yes and what God has shown you and go back to that yes and God will provide you and God will keep you and provide the right people around you so that you will flourish because God knows and God has a plan for you. And another scripture God was reminding me is Joel 2.28. And after I will pour out my spirit and all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your, your Lord, men will dream dreams and your young man will see visions. So this was powerful because I'm I witnessing the... I, I'm witnessing the visions. I'm witnessing the dreams that church has. I was witnessing the vision that pastor has. So this was so powerful, and it inspired me to take time for God more and to follow His calling rather than me. So the second point I, I want to talk about: keep saying yes. From I want to talk, I want to show Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So after, after all, uh, God is using people to teach me something. And I said, so how should I keep saying yes? So this scripture is evident in my life because before I said yes, I was far away from God. When I came to Rome, I was doing I was doing the things that world does. I was not consistent. I have a, I had a drink habit, and I, I was far from God. The parties made me to lose the church on Sunday. I'm honest with you. But one day, one of my friends said, "Okay, let's go to church again." And then I said yes. But one when I said yes. God brought the leaders into my life, friends into my life. I'm telling you, God changed the friends, and I am surrounded with godly women and men, friends in my life right now. And it doesn't mean they are bad, but God is developing you, and you will, can go back and win the souls for Christ. So God has changed me. And Matthew 6, 33 is so powerful. So before saying yes, I was not seeking the kingdom of God and I was not looking for the righteousness in God. I'm looking for both. I need something. I do all these things. But at the end of the day, there is no pleasure in that. There's a pleasure for one hour. There's something that brings a joy, but when you go home, there's something missing. So the yes made me to follow God and the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit fills upon you, so by, as, as Joel 2.28 says, you will dream and you will have a vision. And God shifted everything to dream big, to vision and follow and giving me opportunities to experience the ministry and the people. And I want to give an example from Bible. So I have shared my, te my story, but in the Bible, Moses got anxious. Elijah was suicidal. David was depressed. Job wished he was never born. But the disciples got tormented. 
but the God used them for a greater purpose. But God has great purpose in your life. I will repeat again. Because these all people, they, there was, these things happened before they saying yes. Look at, look at their Moses' answers. And Elijah was suicidal before he saying yes. But when he said yes, how God shifted. And how God shifted the disciples when they said yes. And how God shifted the job how, when, they, when he said yes. So I, I would say you, have, you all have a purpose and, a, and God has the visions in your life. If you lose your yes and you're far, you have God, God, God loves each and every one. And God has a, one more chance to come back. And I would say, please say yes, whatever God is God's putting in your way. And when you say yes, everything God will provide. Amen. And thank you. Amen. Thank you both. Keep saying yes. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for letting God lead you and grow you and use you and be a witness and be strong for the Lord. I'm thankful for all of the ones in this building that I know are saying yes and you continue to say yes. And what I want you to know this morning is that when you say yes, what does God do for you? When you say yes, what does he do? He prays for us. He prays for us. So I want you to look at John 17. And I'm going to, if you have a Bible, you're going to read verse 11, 13, 15, and 20. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. But here's what I want you to know. You don't have to say yes without God. This is Jesus talking. And he said, now I'm departing from the world. They're staying in this world, but I'm coming to you, Holy Father. So I want you to imagine Jesus hung on the cross. He talked to God about that. And then he said, not my will, but your will be done. Into your hands I commend my spirit. He gave up the ghost, but then he resurrected on the third day. And he said, now I'm going to be standing at the right hand of God the Father. And he's saying to God, I'm coming to you, Holy Father. You've given me your name. Now protect them, protect Bose, protect those people that he knew, protect those ones in the back, protect those babies in the nursery, protect Joseph as he comes and goes, protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Now, is that it? Okay. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. This is Jesus talking. I'm not asking you. Imagine, he's talking to the Father for you and me. He's saying, I'm not asking you to take them out of this world. But I'm asking you to keep them safe from the evil one. I want you to know God is with us. He is for us. And he says, I am praying not only for these disciples. This was Jesus talking. But also for all who will ever believe in me through this message. That's Jesus saying, I'm praying for you. So it's not just Pastor Jen praying or the leaders or your godly friends. Jesus is praying for you. You are chosen to represent Jesus. And I want you to know that if you know whose you are, you will know who you are. 
If you know whose you are, who do you belong to, then you will know who you are. If you don't know that you belong to Jesus, you can know that today. He said, I've called you by name. I came so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. If you acknowledge your kinship to the king, if you acknowledge your relationship to the king of kings, how will you think about yourself differently? I want you to know. We sing the song, I know who I am. He is the champion and I belong to him. Worship team, will you come? Saying yes takes that listening ear, that expectant heart, and that courageous response to his call. I'm not going to read this scripture, but if you're taking notes, 1 Chronicle chapter 15, verses 18 through 24, it gives a whole list of people that God chose in the Old Testament. I mean, I'll just say some of their names because maybe you never heard of them. Jaziel, Shemaramoth. Jahiel, Uni, Eliab, Benaiah, Messiah, Matititaya, Elapilahu, Mikanayaye, the gatekeepers. Did you know those names are in the Bible? You may think your name is unimportant, unpronounceable. You have one name on social media and another name in person, but God knows your name. <laughs> God knows your name. He knows who you are and he has a plan for you. Each one of these people had a role in 1 Chronicles to help guard the Ark of the Covenant, to help build the temple. What is the temple? I'm the temple. The Bible says my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in temples not made with hands. He doesn't dwell in that column. There's nothing sacred about that column being brown and needing paint or being white or being beige. There's nothing sacred about that column. Hear me. This is what's sacred. Your body where the presence of the Holy Spirit is coming and knocking on the door of every one of our hearts saying, will you keep saying yes, like Bo said. You know, at any point, any of us could say no to God. You won't enter heaven because you said yes five years ago. You won't enter heaven because you said yes last week. If today you say, I don't want you, God, I don't believe in you, I don't trust you, and God calls your name, the Bible says no sin can enter heaven. Now, I know that's tough. I believe that God is strong. And I believe that he is saying, this world is tough. I need believers who will be strong in their faith. I need sons and daughters who will know who they are. I need sons who will live and work in Rome while his wife and family works in Milan. Thank you to our drummer. I need people who will live and work on one continent while another one lives and works on another continent. I need people who will say, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll leave some of these places that have been torn by war and I'll be in a place that I don't know the language and I'm not sure about the Euro conversion and what is a meter versus a centimeter. I don't know. But this one thing I do know, I'm going to keep saying yes. You're chosen and equipped. You're chosen and set apart on purpose. Stop trying to blend in with the world. Stop trying to blend in. God is calling us to stand out. What does it mean? Does it mean that you make a big ruckus? No. Maybe 
You'll be the only one in the room that has peace in the middle of chaos. Some of you have told me, you've been the one in the room in the business meeting, in the boardroom, and they're like, you are always calm, even though we don't even know what's happening on this project. You carry the peace of God. That is your witness. You don't have to preach loud and scream and get excited, but you do have to carry the Holy Spirit. You may be the only one in your place of business, in your work tomorrow. I've had the privilege on this street of leading an 85-year-old man to Jesus, of leading his 90-something-year-old mom to Jesus two days before she died? What if I hadn't cared about that conversation? I watched as that man was baptized in a pool in this building. I ask you to stand with me this morning. Father God, as we go to you in prayer right now, you know my heart. We want to keep saying yes because your message changes our life. Your message gives us strength when we're weary. Your Holy Spirit gives us power when we're not sure. Your holy anointing upon us gives us the confidence to walk into a room and say, I belong to the King. I carry the royal priesthood name on my heart. Message is majestic and powerful and life changing. So, Father, I come to you right now saying, I'll keep listening, I'll keep expecting, and I know you will empower because you will give us the courage. You told us to be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Maybe you're in this room and you say, and maybe you're online and I have a prayer for you online as well. I'm thankful for the people that I've met in person and on email and on message because you're part of us online. I'm asking you this morning. I'm the first one to say, I'll keep saying yes. God wants to do a new thing in us and through us. Worship team, I want you to sing. Holy Praise the Lord. I am so very thankful that every time we hear the word of the Lord, he does something in our hearts and minds. So I want to invite you right now. Maybe there's been something in your life that has pulled you away from the love of Christ. Maybe you didn't remember that you are loved by God, that you are the proof that he is with you. And so right now I invite you to pray with me that Jesus would take control of every area and give everything back to God. Stop holding on to it. Put it in his hands and let him take care of it. So I invite you right now to pray this prayer with me to make Jesus number one in every aspect of your life. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it right there. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to take control of every area of my life. I give you all my fears, all my doubts, all my mistakes, 
I receive your forgiveness, Lord. I receive your new mercy. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will cling to Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I also want to pray with those who have, are in need of a miracle. We have seen, really, the lame walk, the blind eyes open. We have seen prodigals come back home. And maybe today you've been watching online and you just waited till this last prayer because you needed the move of God in your family, in your situation, in your circumstance. I want you to know that as we pray, the power of the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. The angels in heaven are standing on guard and the Lord says, send them over there. Send them over there. Put a shield around that one. So agree with me right now for your miracle in motion. God is doing it. I want your faith to come alive. I don't want you to doubt or wonder if God sees you or hears you because he does. So Father, right now, I pray in the name of Jesus that that everyone who calls ICF Rome online and on campus, their church, that they would know they're not alone. They're a part of this family of faith where people are praying for them around the world, across the seas. I pray for the one who needs cancer healed. I pray for the one who needs diabetes healed. I pray for the one whose shoulders and hips are having joint and bone problem in the name of Jesus. I pray for the one who has turmoil in their family, that the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension would flow in that home right now, Lord God. You know the circumstances. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Emmanuel, God with us. So I want you to agree with me. You are my Jehovah Emmanuel. You are my Jehovah Rapha, my healer. You are my Jehovah Shalom, my peace. You are Jehovah Emmanuel. You are with me. So God, I bless your people. I pray that as we go into our workplaces, our learning places, our family places, that we would walk in with a new joy, a new hope, and a new peace that God's got this. And I am the living proof that God is at work. I love you. I thank you for being a part of all that we're doing here. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for the ways that you participate on Wednesdays and on Sundays. I love you. I pray you have safe travel wherever you're moving around and that we'll see you next week online.